Carrie Harrison presents The Whole Earth Game. Carrie Harrison with you, and welcome to a special edition. This program is going to be something that for many of you is life-changing. You're going to hear stuff that you intuitively know about, things you've considered before, but you haven't heard it laid out in such an easy, understandable way, a way where you can actually do something about it, change the life that you live, and by changing your life, you're positively affecting the lives of so many millions of others whom you may never meet. I want to introduce to you Alanson Charles. He's an author who's written an extraordinary book called The Whole Earth Game. And it's based on that of Buckminster Fuller's research, a man who uh, took the stage until all the way up until 1983 and his death and gave us such extraordinary inventions, whether it be the geodesic dome or new ways to look at ourselves as riding around on a giant spaceship, which in fact, it turns out we do. All that to say, Alance and Charles has written this amazing book. And with it, he gives us five ideas, things that we all need, how to achieve them and how to find that happiness that we all so richly deserve. I want to welcome you, Alance and Charles, to your own gig, The Whole Earth Game. Hello, Harry. Is it really you? I can't believe it's really you. Oh, my goodness. I have been such a fan. Since I, you know, I've been listening to public radio and Pacifica radio stations, uh, as you don't know, no one knows, but I've, for all my life, I've been listening to public radio. And then when I heard your, your uh, shows back, uh, oh my goodness, many, many, some time ago, I just thought, this is great. He needs to know about this kind of thing. At the time I was in school, I was at Art Center College of Design in Pasadena. I had just uh, been introduced to what's called whole systems thinking. It's how we see everything connected, okay? It's the new generalist. Instead of specializing and fragmenting and going in all different directions, which is what our institutions have been doing to our children, we need to stay general. And so um, I found uh, myself doing that. I, I was focused on housing at the time. I wanted to do mass produced housing. I thought that homelessness was a, a situation that could be ended by uh, amount of numbers, the numbers. If we could just build enough houses and put everybody in that little house with a white picket fence, we could end homelessness. This is not a problem, right? And if they just could do whatever. And this is part of the thing though, then you realize that <clears throat> so as you're moving through life we always have this kind of place where we we find a moment of darkness you know and uh i thought i just was going to kill myself at one point I, we all it's that it's that darkest hour and many of us find this place and then you have to decide whether you're going to just jump out of the ship or are you going to hang on you know what is it that's going to do what what is your it so um, by some miracle, I was able to find an it. And that it was really fueled by my education of listening to public radio and having an open mind. Because the folks of public radio, we don't go along with what people tell us what to do. We go our own way. We don't like being told what to do. We got to find our own way. So this is my way. And I, I created a book you know, for, for you and you all at, at public radio, whoever's listening. And what it is, it's, it's a real kind of, it's an inclusion. We're all on its team. Now, there's two ways to do this, Gary. As you know, we could work or we can play. 
And anytime somebody shows me something to call work, I always want to make a play out of it anyway. So, and I learned that from Mary Poppins and that is direct result of Walt Disney. And we were just talking about, you know, all the people in my book have come to the place of darkness and come out of that with the idea that maybe I'm not going to kill myself today. Maybe I'm just going to wait one more day and just do one kind thing. But first for myself, and then I'm going to help other folks do it. So this book is about, you know, here it is. It's so simple. It's stuff that I learned on KPFK or KCSB or KPFA or all of the Pacifica folks. And usually I want to also give a shout out to my good friend, Amy Goodman. Without Amy Goodman, I could not really understand what is going on in the world and how we need to use this game, this simple game, to solve all the problems of the world. I mean, you know, I had already come with that conclusion, but when I understood about what Buckminster Fuller had done and then how John Todd, so we're going to go through this. So the people that Buckminster Fuller influenced are so many, they're almost, they're, there's countless, there's not enough phone books in the world to cover the names that Buckminster Fuller has influenced in a positive way. But the top people that I could find in my education at Art Center was uh, Christopher Alexander, super important name. These should be like big names around the the kitchen table. Christopher Alexander is the reason that we integrate with um, uh, the computer the way we do. It's a lot like I'm pretty sure he was influencing uh, Steve Jobs in a thing called pattern language, pattern language, and understanding the thing that makes a building really come alive. It's not just a square box, you know, it's something that you have to bring to it, that human thing that we have to be aware of in order to get the real enjoyment out of it. John Todd, John Todd was uh, one of my first introductions to him was a just just a beautiful movie of him making a beautiful uh it's it was a clear geodesic dome it was using super uh polycarbonate uh space age aircraft uh things and then it was filled with argon gas it was filled with plants and water and it was regenerating and it was a regenerating self-replicating model do you see And John Todd was able to meet with Buckminster Fuller before he died. Bucky came in and sat and had one of his his epic naps. Bucky never followed the rules either, as you know. He would always find his own way. And he had a special way of having work and nap time, work and nap time. It's very fascinating, his, his obsession with that. And he took one of his naps into the first living machine designed by John Todd. And, and he came out and he said, yep, you finally got it. You're like, this is the thing. Okay. And when I saw that, I said, this is the thing. <laughs> this is the thing. We need a place to sleep, water and food to give us the energy that we need to move and do something to do something. Usually we need to be able to take care of ourselves and get ourselves out of bed, make the bed. Then we get something to eat, something to drink, and then we get on with our day. And it's hopefully something that you and I are doing, which is helping other people find a way to find their way. 
What a great moment for me to just ask you some questions about your book so that you can help all of us understand what's in it, why it's important. You can also go to playwholeearthgame.com, playwholeearthgame.com to learn more, to see the book, to download it, to understand and be able to appreciate it with your own eyes and be entertained by the enlightenment and imagination that Alance and Charles has for this better future that every single one of us has. Um, Lance and Charles, maybe you can explain what it means to find joy in practicing what you love. This is one of the things you write about. How do you apply this concept in your life? Well, you know, for me, I I grew up as a, uh, okay, it's really funny. You know, you think, uh, I grew up in a pretty affluent family, and we had a big house, but there was only four people there. And uh, a lot of times in a big house, you can go away and not even see anybody for days. <laughs> the rich people have their own problems you know and mine was being i was isolated and alone so i found myself very quickly early in life being with myself and liking to be by myself and then finding that thing i mean i would kick a soccer ball against the, the wall or i just practice 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 i mean i'm an insane practicer <laughs> and that's part of my book too you know, you have to do skills, you know, and then you learn skills. And I've also been a coach. I've been a soccer coach. And this is part of my whole thing. It's like football, soccer. When you look at the ball, you have to see now. I want you all to get this. Try to say it. Buckminster Fullerene. Buckminster Fullerene. So it's the way we play. So you have to find ways to play and make things entertaining for yourself. And that's how you get to be a good, strong person, I think. So get on with it. Um, but what happens for me is that this thing is had to simplify the whole thing. It's so huge. I mean, what's going on in the world is so big that uh, I got to figure out what I can do today for myself. And if I'm doing one, see, this is where we go into that ripple effect again, you know, one, the butterfly effect. And this is really where it comes down to. It's so easy. It's so easy. It's unbelievably simple do one small thing and maybe say a kind word to the person who gave you coffee or if you see the grumpy person just hand, you know a dog you know what i'm talking about and that ripple just goes out whoo and anybody who's listening to you already knows this so they should find out more about other people now john todd is the one massimo fukuoka is another name fukuoka it's funny, too, because one of my good friends as a kid growing up was uh, Tetsu Fukuoka. And I'm thinking he might be a connection to that guy. But he's he was one of my child, my, my early work buddies. But Fukuoka was the one straw revolutionary. He proved after going through agricultural school and following the regular green uh, petrochemical dollar, he found he stepped away from it. Same thing. Thought he was going to die. <laughs> Came to his life. Thought he was going to just kill himself. Decided not to. And then created the one straw revolution, which says that we can grow more food with less water, more food with less energy and more food with less work. So less work, less energy, more food. Sounds like winning combinations. One of his, you know, disciples or descendants would be Jeff Lawton. He's around. And if anybody's familiar with this thing, they know about Jeff Lawton. He's a food forester guy. Again, same thing. Less chop, drop, move through. Now you have a forest you can pick and use, you know, natural things. This is pretty much what the Amazon was for us. 
And I don't know why these folks are trying to burn it down so fast, but the Amazon is our food, <laughs> but somebody's trying to burn it down. And, and our medicine. We know that and, 90, uh, up to 97% of successful right? pharmaceuticals that we from, use today, life-saving, are all extracted out of plants, trees, barks, insects that all come out of the Amazon. The Amazon is at a tipping point now where if we don't stop the way it's going, within five years, it will go from rainforest to savanna. Savannah, it being the lungs of the earth, means we all choke to death. And it's wonderful that you speak about this because you bring to mind, you bring to enlightenment, the idea that everything is sort of perishable, that if we don't involve ourselves and actually do something about it, it will do something on its own and we get left behind it, that we actually hold the power ourselves. We hold the power and, and do this thing. So uh, another question in your book, The Whole Earth Game, and you can, again, play wholeearthgame.com to learn more about Alance and Charles's book. You view life personally as a game. What strategies do you use to navigate this game? Well, this is the whole thing. You know, I'm actually, you know, every day we're all playing the game. I have a situation where it's really strange. We're there's a business situation. There are nine people in the game, and then eight people totally agree, and one person completely disagrees. But that's it, no matter what. And without this one person, we cannot move forward. And no matter what, you know, it's it's the funniest thing. It's kind of what's going on in the world too. If you see what's happening in the big court situation, no matter what they say, if they say it's black, it's white, light, dark, whatever. So here we are in that same game, you know, we've just got to, but we know now the, the game involves you know, these five things. You've got to have a place to sleep tonight, food, water, so forth. You cannot move forward without those, right? But once you get that, then you start to open up your intellect. The only resource, and this is a Bucky Fullerism too, the only resource that is not diminishing on planet earth everything else is finite i mean the world has its its limit it's a crystal ball it's got just this much water this much water plus those crystals make food right those crystals plus water make food make air we're in a spaceship it's a closed spaceship and mom is in there or dad sorry i don't mean my mom was a rabid smoker sorry mom <laughs> you know, I, mine was too and she liked to roll those windows up and smoke those cigarettes. And that's what we're doing to our planet right now. We just got to stop smoking, you know, and crack the window a little bit. But there's nowhere to crack the window. There's no out. <laughs> there's a bubble. <laughs> so how I play the game is how we play the game is we do one small thing each day. One small kind thing each day for ourselves and for another person. That's how I do it. You know. And then here we go. You know, we talk about. Well, the economy. So you had, isn't that what you had? Didn't you have L. Hunter Levins was on a few weeks ago. And she is one of my main heroes. Now, she was in the back for a while. The first person I met was Amory Levins. Amory Levins is, they share a name. I'm not quite sure what else. And they share a book. <laughs> we have, we're married with books. <laughs> married with, with a freeway. Anyway. <clears throat> He was coming around and I loved it. I got to meet him at Art City, right? Art Center College of Design. And he came around to a thing and he showed me these new plastics that were going to be super lightweight, harder, you know, better than steel, more flexible and so forth. And, and sure enough, we've lightened our thing. He was showing 
early, early that we were moving into the Tesla market that we are in now. He was his book, Natural Capitalism, opens with a scenario that at the time was thinking unmanageable, you know, cars going by with no sound. You know, he, it, the first paragraph of that book explains exactly where we are now. So things are moving in that move. But as what they were saying is that if you want to go long term now, understand too, my name is Alanson Derek Charles. I come from a family. My dad was Raymond Alanson Charles. He was the senior vice president for a Prudential Insurance Company. Our conversations around the table were like long-term strategy and how we're going <laughs> to be able to pay premiums for the next into the into the future. See, insurance works like that. You buy some, you create a pool, the money goes forward. If it's managed properly, everyone gets what they deserve at the end of the day. It's a beautiful thing if it's run well. Prudential, I think, is probably the only company that has not been in any news headline ever. <laughs> For whatever. And I'm hoping that's a legacy of what my dad put together. But that's the kind of integrity. So we have to think of long term and how it's going to affect other people. So by one small thing, we can do that. So here we go. Who else? Uh, in your book, uh, Whole Earth Game. Capitalism. I'm sorry. One more thing. Oh, about it, Natural sure. capital is the, is the primary uh, economic strategy. It says, basically, if you do the green way, you get a three, you get not only the triple bottom line, but it starts to exponentially return on investment so fast, Gary. This is what's really the big deal. And this is what Hunter Lovett was talking about, is green is the only way to go to make money. <laughs> Anything else is just a lot is a loser. So. It's ironic because uh, many people still don't realize that you'll make a more profit if you don't destroy everything in your path. You then have still everything in your path, including customers. It's such a brilliant way. And one of the things your books does, your book does is it reminds us about how we're all interconnected as one human family. Uh, you write about a strong mind needs a healthy body. How do you prioritize physical health to support your mental well-being? Well, you know, again, it's housing, water, food, energy. You've got to have those three things, you know. So you, that's it. I, I'm no, uh, I'm here for a good time, not a long time. So for me, on a personal level, I've, I've hit. I've really enjoyed a great life. I've had an amazing uh, upbringing. Uh, my parents did not beat me. They loved me with all of their heart, and they 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 raised me to be a caring, loving person. And um, my the family legacy of the Charles family is to be caring and loving, and we don't know any other way. So um, I'm just so lucky about that. I could go. You know, mostly the food, you know, I live in Ventura, California, and um, we have maybe the best food in the world. Just that's, I just happen to be in a place where I can have that. But I think uh, I'm not very happy because I know that people, other places can't have that. And I'm really angry that everyone can't have a great life. You know, it, we all can. And this is what Buckminster Fuller came to the agreement, you know, came to the understanding of, you know, all this comes back to Bucky. You know, we are all part of it. See, that's the thing. 
there is a, you know, the strategy of the boardroom uh, solution strategy, right? So I usually check in with Amy Goodman to find out what the heck is going on in the world and see where our next you know, challenge is going to be. So we've got this, we've got, now what I'm thinking is how are we going to rebuild after the hurricane? How are we going to rebuild after the fire? How are we going to rebuild this? You know, and is, are we going to do it the same old way or are we going to use something new, some new technology? Are we going to use our intellect? Are we going to use our imagination this time to create a better? That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to use our intellect to create a more safe and more sustainable environment. Now, if we don't do it here, we can still bring the ideas someplace else <laughs> because, you know, there are two games, you know, according to Paul Hawken, which I haven't talked about, but he's the third in the triad of the natural capitalism group. Paul Hawken, Amory Levins, L. Hunter Levins are the authors of natural capitalism. Pick up a copy, get it one anywhere you can. You know, what they say is that we can, uh, if we do use less, you know, use less, waste none. And our our adversaries are using more and wasting more. So it's very simple. It's a very simple and a binary thing. We want to just, you know, look at things in a very clear um, black and white. That's what I like to do. You know, we're in a binary um, planet. We have to make decisions. If we follow the light, we're going to be doing okay. You talk, uh, Lance and Charles, about, the five essential elements needed for life. Uh, how do you interpret the idea that these elements should be provided free? You're talking about rebuilding after the hurricane. This would be a great opportunity to provide your elements for free. What steps would you take to make this a reality? Well, that was that was exactly what Bucky made a point of just in the last lecture I saw him. He was like, you know, the animals don't need any money. This is all provided. This is, we are super essential as as beings on the planet mother earth gaia this is being here is our payment <laughs> just being alive here is our payment and some people have put a number on us and now we're making money from it. you know it's a pretty obvious thing well i mean in a in the next well let's put it this way if we go back in history you know i, I like to think about this one just i don't know if i can do this real quick but the Disney narrative is that there's a, um, a Polynesian girl and she's up and she's just uh, just can't wait to get off the island. Like it's totally like, oh, this is so boring. The guys are all the same and their surfing's all the same and the thing's all the same. She just got to get out. I mean, that whole idea of like Little Mermaid, that whole narrative is just ridiculous. OK, the fact is she didn't want to go anywhere. She loved where she was. <laughs> she was happy <laughs> just to go and meet the boyfriend and, you know, go home and have fun. I mean, that's what that's what really is the uh, <clears throat> the result of a perfect uh, lifestyle is that you don't want to go anywhere. You just that's where I am in Ventura, you know, is in, in Santa Barbara area. I just want to be here. I don't want to be anywhere else. I don't want to go anywhere else. Now, you bring I, up a, a really good point. Um, Again, we're talking to Lance and Charles. He is the author of the Whole Earth Game. You can check out more. You can learn more. You can see what he's done. Playwholeearthgame.com. Playwholeearthgame.com. Carrie Harrison with you. And we're talking about really the future of all of us, the future of everything. 
as we know it, which seems to be hanging in the balance. Uh, Climate change is no secret anymore. Uh, We were just alluding to a hurricane that went through Cedar Key in Florida, through the Big Bend area, and devastated everything. A year earlier, uh, the whole tip of Florida was taken off. We have wildfires in formerly rainforest Canada, blazing hundreds at a time. So none of this stuff is a secret anymore. Uh, Whether it's covered the way it should be or not is sort of irrelevant. We all now know about it. And Alance and Charles has been talking about it for a long period of time. You were mentioning Ventura County. You were mentioning a, a decent childhood. You were mentioning finding a more graceful way of life. In your book, you talk about Uh, efforts or initiatives aimed at ensuring access to clean water and food and energy and shelter and enjoyable activities for all individuals, regardless of their financial status. And I think that would appeal to everyone. Well, I mean, this this world belongs to all of us. You know, we all know this. Any anybody on this side of it knows that this is some some weird thing going on and we have to pay for everything. Okay, that's that's weird. That's wacky. So, uh, you know, there's there's ways. I mean, there's been I mean, some unicorn things. I'm not quite sure. So housing, water, food, energy and occupation. See, for me, those are the details. Like after we get all that stuff figured out, then we can go into like why and whose God is this way and it, whether Satan is red or he's blue. Do you know what I mean? I mean, honestly, we have to get in my case. I always think about, you know, uh, after the dust settles. We're all going to need the same five things. See, as it applies to all things equally, as my system applies to everyone. Okay. And then if you play, you are having more fun and creating more endorphins. You're going to live longer and have a happier life. If you're working, probably not. But the other thing I want to talk about is the one E thing, because I did get permission. I want to really say this is a history book. This is also a small history book, not to forget these people who came and created the whole systems. There's a lot of, you know, stuff going on in there in business. And I see this on all of a sudden. My big argument is that we forget to remember the people who brought us to where we are, you know, and we always, in another organization, we talk about two guys that made an organization like they were here in the room every single time. And I think this is the same type of thing. Like it's Bucky Fuller, it's John Todd, it's Christopher Alexander, Paolo Solari. Who is Paolo Solari? We got to know this. He is so important, right? Fukuoka, super important. Uh, you know, Jeff Lawton, uh, Paul Hawken. Paul Hawken, what? Yeah, super important people. Walt Disney. You see, now Walt Disney is somebody we can say, if I say Walt Disney and the war and, uh, you know, the happiest place on earth, you go, yeah. And then I say, all these guys that I just mentioned are reasons why that's the happiest place on earth. <laughs> because Walt Disney could take all that, he could use that. Who's been through the Epcot program? That's a Bucky Fuller direct nod or tip nod wink i mean bucky doesn't care that it didn't get his name on it as long as you are understanding whole systems thinking as long as you understand that we're all connected that there's no difference between you and me and anybody of color we're all colored people and we're sexual people that's how we really that's how we replicate you know you mentioned this really very well in your book, The Whole Earth Game. You talk about uh, breaking free from the idea that vital components, the vital components that require payment need to be shed. 
How would you approach breaking free from the mindset and do this within a larger community or organization? As you're talking about, this is one giant spaceship. We all live here sexually. This is an important component. We often forget or pretend like nobody has that. But we've got seven, almost eight billion people on the planet. Somebody's been doing it. All of that is part of being a human being. Well, everything is sexual. If you're replicating, you're sexual. Okay, so that's how we know that we have a good system is that it's replicating. This is where John Todd comes in. Like, you know, is it replicating? Yeah, good. Okay, this is where Paul Stamets comes in. Is it replicating? Okay, we got it. If it's not replicating, that means it's dying. There's only one way to go. So we have to be that. And then, you know, all other things. So now the, the one E though. So Playholder's game is spelled differently too. So, but I think I got this thing in the dot coms where it'll come anyway. But I asked Jay Baldwin. Jay Baldwin is not in the book. And he's one of those unsung heroes, you know. He was what you call a wrench. He's a wrench. He's the guy that Bucky said, go there and do that. And he said, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I got to meet him and he was great. And he was also his his name shows up in the whole earth catalog. Now, whole earth catalog is a way precursor. Do you even know what I'm talking about, Gary? Help us understand, because I'm not the only one here. There's right? all kinds of people. I'm just asking you. I mean, because it's old. whole earth catalog was the first compendium of all things sustainable. It was a huge book and it was fantastic. It went back from everything. It brought everything together. It was called Whole Earth, two words, catalog. And I spoke with the editor of the Whole Earth catalog and I asked him, can I conjoin those two words? And he said, I could. <laughs> right. As permission, it was granted permission to combine Whole Earth into one word because Whole Earth really does say Everything is one thing. You see, we're all of the one. Do you know that? Everything is one. We're all in the all. So whole earth is perfect for that. So when you're looking for it, just remember that it's spelled a little differently. Play. You can work whole earth game too. And it'll make you money if you want to work it. But you can play it and it'll also whatever that. So anything else? What do you got? Um, you know, your text, Alice and Charles, encourages a practice-oriented approach similar to playing playing a video game with unlimited restarts. Now, that's pretty exciting to most people, unlimited restarts. How do you embrace continuous improvement and learning in your life? Well, that's the thing. So, you know, I'm a hermetic. I'm a Hermes. I'm a hermit. I'm a hermit. I've been studying hermetic principles um, for the last 20 years, 30 years or so. Basically, that was the switchover. Getting phys physically understanding the five elements of the whole earth game and that we all needed these things and it connected everybody, then there's more. And then you go back to the Hermes and then you work with your geometry and you go into a whole polymath thing. I'm, I'm a polymath. I'm um, clairvoyant, clair, all this kind of thing. I just enjoying life on planet earth. I've really been able to take it all in, I think. And I'm helping, I'm trying to help you all take it in too. Because it's so much fun. If you understand the ride you're on and you really can see it for what it is, then you realize you're just here to help out and do small things each day. No big thing. Just <laughs> don't get yourself in a tiz. You know, help another person. And you can start from any time. The restart process is this, is that we are here. Like life, hmm, 
I don't know how to put this to y'all. Life is eternal. It never stops. And, you know, in a universe with eternal life, uh, <clears throat> you get some of that too. Uh-oh. What do you do now? <laughs> Sorry, guys. Everybody who heard this is now... They, now, did you feel that? Did you feel that? Boom. That was the feeling of perception change. It had really no feeling at all. And that's what it feels like. <laughs> it's so disappointing when you step through into the other side and you go, oh, my gosh, that was all there was. <laughs> it was like 80 years. Ah, I want more. Let's go get some more because we want more. We love it. This is really good. We like to do life eternal. I mean, why would we create a game like that showed us that? It's real. So we're, we're in a game. We have eternal life. We're on earth for the moment. Let's do the best we can. Let's leave it all on the field. Now, here's the weird thing. If you step out early, if you decide to commit suicide, this is really important because I know a lot of us are just, we're all, everybody does this. If you're really living, then you want to, if you know what's going on, you see things are not working good. But we're not here for that. We are the eyes of the world. We are the universe's best effort. You know, and we have a chance to turn it back. What I was going to try to say is before this last 5,000 years, we had the Garden of Eden going on here on planet Earth. There was nothing really. And then only in the last 500 years have we been taking this thing. So it's an interesting time. Um, just seeing the big perspective, having a big view of the thing, I think is way more comforting. Understanding that you're not alone. You will never be alone. You're in the all. We're part of the all. No one can get out of the all. And then our little all is just this planet spinning around the sun. You know, we're going, going around the sun at 60,000 miles an hour. You know, our sun and solar system is going through the galaxy right now. It looks a lot like a sperm going through you know trying to get somewhere right that's what it looks like we are just hanging on for dear life <laughs> isn't that what we're doing we're hanging on for dear life so welcome to the whole earth game <laughs> yes you, you talk about in your book the whole earth game and you can learn more at playwholeearthgame.com playwholeearthgame.com in your book you talk about the planet and how it provides the five essential elements needed to sustain life for countless galaxies of living things. And these five components should be provided free of charge. We all need a place to sleep. We all need clean water flowing in every stream. We all need delicious food growing everywhere. We all need energy to run around and a forest to play all day long. We all need activities to enjoy. It's called living in France, probably. Uh, but in the United States... <laughs> We have to do a little extra work to get there. Uh, in your opinion, what are the key challenges and opportunities in achieving a sustainable and harmonious existence on Earth for all living beings, as you mentioned in your text? Well, you know, I mean, we've got to stop doing what we're doing, but that's almost, it just doesn't seem right. So we got, I mean, the, it would be somehow, this is the thing. Okay. And I'm telling this to all your listeners right now is that my job was to come here and bring this information to Carrie. 
Carrie's job is to bring it to you all. Your job is to bring it up the channel, wherever you can go. I'm not quite sure how you're going to do it, but this is the thing we do. Now, you're a big soccer fan. I'm guessing. I am. I love that game. Yeah, we all are. Best game in the world. Okay, it's the world's game. Why is it the world's game? And why is it being played with a Buckminster Fullerene? Do you think that's by some accident? Honestly, (laughs) you see what I'm saying? And how many times have we seen a game at three minutes of stoppage time, you know, with three goals down and they come back from from some miracle and put it all back together? Do you see if we hadn't yeah. seen that countless, countless times? Now, you can okay, I'm using soccer, but if you like other games or football or whatever the heck, you know, whatever miracle happens <laughs> in game playing is part of what we're about here just being part of it having a good time helping other people have a good time now that's it what what, was that the question you know how do we do this thing yeah we were talking about um applying the concept of helping others uh, helping others to live and travel on this earth without causing harm to the planet or any living thing so when you do something it has an effect. Uh, you step on something, you might kill some grass. So maybe you think you're doing damage. Uh, but the idea is to live without causing harm as best you can. Do you have examples from your past experiences of living without causing harm things so that, you know, help us know how to do this? Well, well, two things, but that's, that's why we go to the book because we want to, you know, like we go, whoa, how can we, how can this possibly be done? Well, it's through design. You know, I'm a, I'm a professional designer trained at Art Center College of Design in Pasadena. All the cars, everything that you are wearing has somehow come from that school, I'm sure. You know, maybe not the clothes because that's an individual designer, but the design technique is the same. You know, how we design every little thing. So we can design. I mean, this was the point is that, you know, and I think... Uh, hunter was talking about it too is artificial intelligence is not our problem you know artificial intelligence is supposed to free us to have more time for intellectual pursuits okay it's like we could create a you know a button that provides you food um not a problem i can do it you know we can design it that way and that's that's what i like to do in my my other private practice is i'm a consultant and i I take an, I can take any house and make it completely uh, energy efficient. I can clean the water and I can provide food for you. Uh, just about a money, you know, but the, we have a recipe uh, to build a completely zero carbon house uh, with a bunch of zero carbon houses. You can have a zero carbon community with a bunch of that. You have a city. So this is where Palo Solari comes in and you want to look at his work because he was working with arcology arcology is architecture and ecology together do you see what i mean and they it it was he was designing cities to handle hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people millions of people that would be zero waste now this is also where um walt disney was very excited with his epcot and his pitch for epcot as a as a zero carbon or completely managed well managed we're not running like a top kind of a city type of thing i mean this is where the futurists of the last century were thinking you know but honestly the folks who got in in with the oil coal and nuclear have been running amok you know i i did a video with john trudell about uh, you know he lays it out 
that John Trudell is another hero friend of mine uh, from the uh, Sioux Indian Nation and uh, spokesperson. Um, you know, any child that would go against his mother has got to be insane. You know, we are in on an insane planet. This is in these are insane people. This is they think it's power. I mean, this is where I got to come back to John because he just said it so perfectly. He said, you know, the people who are doing war think that's power. The people who are killing think that's power. It's not power. Humans are the power. Love is power. <laughs> love, <laughs> love is real power, you know. So we are finding love through the game. You know, we want to play and know that there is other alternatives. I mean, we can do it. I mean, intellect is our thing. Imagination. We're only limited to the, to the imagination in our head. Hopefully, Harry Harrison with you. We're reviewing and really discussing the interior parts of a book instead of just having somebody explain their book. We're really getting into the philosophy, what it means, why it's important, why it's relevant. And I think more importantly, how you can share the benefits of what you would learn in this book. And that's really a different takeaway. It's not just a manual on here's what happened in the past. It's really a look into the future, pointing out that we're all on spaceship Earth traveling together, all interconnected as one human family. And Alance and Charles has really broken this down so beautifully. You can learn more, see more at playwholeearthgame.com. And Alance and Charles, what does it mean for individuals to, and you put it this way, achieve the next level so what does that mean? How do you achieve the next level in the whole earth game um, in the context of your book? Well, I mean, this is the funny thing about all that. It's like, like, okay. We think that we're in some big battle and we have to rev up the engines and really run through this thing. And then, and then we get to the start line. We just literally just jumping right over the line. You know, there's nothing to it. So you know, what we do is we, we, we want to use our energy for our benefit. We want to use our energy to help heal our bodies and keep ourselves in a right mind and, and make a decision. Each time we take something, you know, you ask me how I eat. Well, I mean, I go to a coffee place that I go every morning. I know the water's good. <laughs> I don't taste any chlorine. <laughs> you know, they have a beautifully handcrafted croissant waiting for me. Oh, make us jealous. It's a little too expensive, but I take it, you know, because and the and the girl behind the thing is really cute, and we laugh and have a have a little fine thing. And I get back in my car and I'm thinking, how am I going to work on the planet today? You know, like what are we going to do? How can I get closer to Carrie Harrison <laughs> and the folks at KPFK? You know, because we're going to be we're the army. We're waiting for you know we're the army of one. You know, going against everything. That's what we are. So, you know, I just love it. I think um, I think uh, we're on to something here, buddy. Let's talk for a second, Alance and Charles, about uh, examples of activities that can be considered part of the game. Um, many of us are imagining, well, what, what can I do that actually would be part of the game that you describe in your book? Well, I mean, whatever you do, again, whatever you do with the intention to help another person, first yourself and then another person, that's how you play the game. Okay, it's just it's so simple. You make a check and you... And that's how we do it. But I mean, if we all thought, I guess, in terms of we want to imagine an arcology that provides all this stuff, I think maybe it, it might appear one day. 
you know, if we see if, if I can, I guess, line everybody up, but that's not really the important thing. I mean, how you handle this information is really entirely up to you. Just knowing it's there is what I need to tell you. And that it all the all the paths lead to the same place. We're all going to the same light source. We got to follow the light. The light is who we are. I mean, in the body, we are. I always like to tell this story, too, is that for for less than the energy in your vape pen you get an entire life you know the energy that you have in your heart is turning oxygen into blood food into blood it's crazy so how we take care of that is really the most important thing now again helping <laughs> Once we get our thing together, this is how it works. You first need to get your own act together. Now, where that means is entirely up to you. There's no wrong way to play. If you can be homeless and happy in Santa Barbara, I think you've won the game. <laughs> I think you've won the game. And then, and in fact, I have I know people in Ventura who have no money and who can get a breakfast every morning and they have a few places to sleep that are not too bad and they're happy as, as could be they're not of this thing you know and then i've seen some people with a huge mansion you know and they're they're happy too but they got a lot of bills you know somewhere in the middle right finding the equilibrium is the whole point and then to, to be moving forward, wherever you are. See, that's where we can restart the game right now. You see, it's just about a small, a bunch of small moves. Like, that's it. It's so simple. That's, that's the problem I had, Carrie, honestly. So my story is this, is that I was, uh, I came to Simi Valley. I thought I was at the end of the world. Oh, my God. Like, where am I going? I'm in a really hard job. It was a construction job. I was killing myself, not making any money. You know, and I got hit with a lightning bolt, like, you're going to do this. And it was this huge idea. I, caught, I, I ran from that idea. I thought I would never be able to achieve what I was asked to do. Basically, build the ark is what it was. <laughs> you, man, like, you're no, oh, forget Lance. Your name is Noah, and you're going to build an ark. And what, how am I going to do this thing? And I ran from that. I ran into all kinds of places. But next thing you know, I was at Art Center College of Design, and I'm, talking to Jay Baldwin about basically the five elements you need for an arc. How does that work? Then I ran from that. You know, I decided to go. I didn't want that. I want to go to Hollywood. I want to be a star. I want to be around stars and lose myself in that whole thing. Then you come back to the same five things, you know. So we go to these, these areas and we come back. But the, the, the thing that applies to all things equally is what is really the main goal here housing water they, they just won't go away so my problem was i had just these five words like how do you simplify the solution or the problem like both the problem and solution housing water food energy and jobs are the problems and solutions <laughs> so simple i got it yay now i had to go back and really figure out how to make words to, to say that and that has been taking like literally 20 years just to come up with a few words to explain that you just need five things <laughs> all right so that's the hard part so to make it more complicated has been the rough part 
Um, so you do it. I can do it. We can all do it. Uh, that's it. I think you so beautifully laid out the core, uh, the spirit and the goal of what you've written in the book, Whole Earth Game. Let's take a moment. And why don't you set up and introduce Bucky Fuller so that we can understand this man. We're going to hear his voice, a voice no one has heard. This is not on YouTube. It's nowhere. This was on a reel-to-reel tape from an archive where he was giving a public talk and getting really deep about astrophysics and other things. So it's been edited for the part that that regular people will understand. But set up Bucky Fuller in two minutes. This is his introduction. You're going to do that, Alance and Charles. Who better than you? Well, I, I agree. I, I'd like to be the Bucky Scholar of the day. I'm I'm pretty sure right now I'm the most knowledgeable about Bucky. See, Bucky and I are, are a lot the same. He had the same trajectory. He had some failures. He had some things. He went to the he went to the Navy and worked really hard. I went to construction and worked really hard. Um, he had a situation where um, he was feeling like this is all I could give my kids. He actually had the loss of a daughter. And he was just, you know, beside himself and he continued, continued forward. And then it just came to him, housing, (laughs) occupation, travel, all these things came to him. But what he was talking about in the idea of cosmology is that this, this idea that we're all part of this huge all, okay, he was coming to the same conclusion that I came to. We all, I mean, these are the things. These are the laws that govern our entire universe. And Bucky was early in on it. That Buckminster Fullerene is the construction of a a molecule when you see it under electron microscope. But the electron microscope hadn't been invented when Bucky Fuller was showing us what it looked like. (laughs) That's what makes him pretty cool. Okay, the other thing is really important, the flat map. Now, when you come to my uh, website, playholeearthgame.com it's going to be mostly about those guys my heroes and this dimaxian map the last patented flat map was by bucky fuller to look because he was a he was a navy guy and he hated the fact that flat maps always changed the continents and the and the uh, they distorted everything so he created a map that could be flattened out that would not distort any of the continents huge and also by doing that, it looked, you start looking at the planet completely differently. You see it from the North Pole down. And when you see this in such a way, you start to see where things are located and you start to be able to do strategic planning a lot differently. It's a whole new way of thinking. Now, the other thing that he talks about, this is an inside joke. If he ever comes to this, I don't know if he'll mention it, but the trim tab story is a great trim tab. The trim, he was a Navy guy, and I think he invented this, or somehow he's connected with this trim tab, or just noticed that this was so important. It's the smallest thing on a large ship. It's a little piece of metal that flaps at the end of the rudder. And it hadn't been used for many, many times, and was before this, there was lots and lots of uh, shipping disasters based on the rudders that could not really control these big ships. But with the trim tab, it makes a reversal of the water. So it's really easy to turn a big ship with a trim tab. And he always claimed to be the trim tab. And he wanted to be the smallest thing on the largest thing <laughs> to make the most 
change. And so what we're trying to do with the play whole earth game is really find the least amount of energy to make the most amount of change. So to do nothing in, in Zen culture, in, in Buddhism, we do way, wu way, way, wu way is to do nothing. And that is the hardest thing. So to do nothing, to do no thing is some of the hardest things. So, but what we're about is that's the point. And that's where Carrie Harrison comes in. This is where KPFK and Pacifica Radio folks and all of the people who are listening come in. We are one small thing, but we are power. We have the power of a trim tab and we can turn this thing around. We can do it. It's been done before. Look, I've got examples throughout and there's more coming. I mean, the list of examples over and over and over in history and that's what i would like to do is invite your your listeners to come to my website and just leave a comment give me some information so we can start bantering i'm only selling a, a certain number of books i would love to show you where that money's coming and where it's going and we will put it towards something great and then we'll start to build and we'll start to move forward and we will find challenges and we will we'll meet those challenges and we will win the game what a yep. great way to end a lance and charles author of the whole earth game his website playwholeearthgame.com we're now going to hear from the great buckminster fuller and we can thank the uh, pacific radio archives for having uh, kept these reel-to-reel tapes for decades with dust on them occasionally we find a real gem like this so i've worked on the audio because it was very echoey it's pretty clean You'll be able to understand it. You'll be able to find the nourishment out of it. And I want to thank you, Alance and Charles, for having made all this possible. Thank you so much for having me, Carrie. You are my hero, man. I'll see you on the radio. All right. I'd like to give you a very swift set of changes going on in, in big ways of evolution. As for instance, there is in the whole history of, of technology, and you find it also biologically. There are biggest kinds of living creatures and some smallest. And there's some kind of oscillating uh, pattern goes on in evolution in relation to it. But in developing, for instance, a new tool, there's a history of our first mastering a principle, like discovering how to build a ship. And then the ship gets, we get builder and bigger and bigger ships. Then we get finally to really an optimum size ship for that's for the largest waves. Then if they're going to have a bigger ship than we have, for instance, than Queen, a Queen Mary, it would not have to get to a point where it is now up on top of an enormous wave, has enormous cantilever function. Then if it's going to really go on, now it'd have to be able to span between two great seas. It'd have to be twice the size of Queen Mary. At this point, men began to discover how to make lighter, more powerful, capable ships. So the Queen Mary was, was the biggest. We got to 85,000 tons. Then suddenly the steamship United States was built at 45,000 tons, just a little more than half. She was able to carry the same number of passengers, the same amount of cargo, at the same rate of turnaround and round-trip round transoceanic trips. So they were suddenly smaller doing it. Then, then within... A, a year or so, 
two aeroplanes began to demonstrate the capability to outcarry the, the passenger transport of those of either of those ships in a year. Just two two aeroplanes outdid them. So suddenly they lost their significance altogether as the transoceanic passenger. So we had our great nation developing this fantastic hitting power, enormous building up these great arsenals of fantastic hitting power to be sent intercontinentally of 5,000 miles away. Moscow, Washington, Peking, Paris, NATO, they all say quite clearly nowhere nearly enough to go around. That still remains a working assumption. That's been that way for a long time. Bureaucracy doesn't know anything else. So they say it's going to have to have our showdown and we can't use the big guns. So if we're going to have to have a showdown, can't use the big guns, what do we use? Now there's the two most powerful, Russia and the United States, and they have done what the great powers have done right along before. When they were trying to find out how, how you're going to come out in the next war, they have what they call experimental warfare. And they can't have experimental warfare between the major states. The Russia and the United States engage. They can't have experimental warfare because they can't disengage. There's no way to disengage. But so what they do is to find two small nations that are warring, and they come in one behind the two, and they then by supplying them both, they're able to really find out about the other one's strength. That's what went on in Korea, of course, and that's what went Vietnam. Vietnam, Korea occurred before they had come to the conclusion, because you go back to Korea and you find this before, we really realized, uh, this is before Khrushchev and Eisenhower, and it's before the Joint Chiefs of Staff had realized they couldn't use the big guns. There's only the United States seemed to be doing any important stockpiling before Russia built up very much momentum of its stockpiling of its atomic power. Korea came, uh, uh, Vietnam is, after Russia, came in a very powerful position. So we have them, what goes on in, in Vietnam was only to, to be where you join a war. And if you can't use the biggest, what do you use? Well, you go in exactly the opposite direction. You go towards invisibles and particularly into subversive warfare. And the biggest uh, and most important task is to try to destroy the credit of the other nation with the other nations. Try to destroy its own confidence in itself. I think it's very interesting then that the United States having lost World War III, it may be that we will come out of it with very great strength. Because I don't think I could talk as I'm talking to you tonight if it wasn't gradually emerging in the minds of all of humanity uh, what some of the problems really are. This has been highly educational. We're going to learn a great many things. As for instance, the United States is not a nation. The United States happens to be simply the most advanced phase of cross-breeding world man. As I talk to the Arabs, I find them having no, as individuals, they have no animosity whatsoever towards Israeli and vice versa. I find human beings everywhere around the world well disposed to the others, feeling they're being put upon by their political leaders. I find, as you must know, and anybody knows, there is nothing going on between the Arabs and Israeli Arabs fundamentally at all. All the, the, the back of it is simply that when it comes to the war and hitting power, the great military machines say, who's going to own that Arabian oil? That's all it's about. You have to 
These are very, very stark things. Now, I'm taking quite a lot of your time, but I don't think man has much time. And he's got to, I think we're in a very critical position in the fate of humanity aboard this little particular spaceship. The great Buckminster Fuller, years ago, speaking at Berkeley University about a world that hadn't yet happened. A prediction that's exactly what we're seeing today. Thank you for listening to the Whole Earth Game program. You are on Spaceship Earth, and we hope you received some nutritional enlightenment today. Please visit playwholeearthgame.com to see Alanson and Charles's new book, The Whole Earth Game, and continue to explore the five things you will always need. Carrie Harrison with you, and this is The Whole Earth Game. It's The Whole Earth Game, because everything depends on it.